24. Text is also printed in the bulletin for you. <clears throat> um, Old habits die hard. It's a saying you're probably familiar with, or maybe you use another cliche. Uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Um, these are familiar old sayings. They're usually used humorously when we've made that kind of forehead-slapping, same stupid mistake again, again. Um, I guess you can't teach an old dog new tricks. The observation that's being made is that there is a difficulty of, um, of people changing. There's actually some kind of resistance to change. Everybody kind of knows that. Um, you know, nobody likes change. Groups of people don't like change. It's like trying to stop an aircraft carrier, one of those big, huge, almost city-sized uh, boats um, with, a, with a lifeboat oar, right? Trying to stop that thing, pull it to a stop, and then not just stop it, but maybe even turn it around in a 180, right? turn it around the other direction. That's what change is like uh, for people like us. You just ask my wife, she can probably list a dozen ways in which I've refused to change uh, over a dozen years or so of marriage. Um, it's, a, it's a reality that we face. But when you get serious about that and stop, you know, kind of not just being humorous, uh, get serious about how difficult it is for people to change, what is that, what kind of hope does that hold out for people who really do um, need to change in our relationships and in our lives? Whether we like it or not, we actually really do need a change. Right? I don't think anybody, if they're real serious about it, is just perfectly happy with the way their life is going and the way their relationships are going and they might be able to point to something in themselves that uh, they acknowledge might need a change. Can, can people really not change on a fundamental level? Right. What does the gospel have to say about that? Isn't God working a deep transformation in our hearts and in our lives? And the Bible says yes and no. Right. Yes and no. Um, our passage gives us a little bit of understanding about that, a little bit of a, a biblical anthropology that is a study of humanity, right? Uh, what people are like, whether we can change, or what kind of change is possible, you know, what change really looks like. That's what's in our text this morning. So let me pray, and then we can read that scripture. <clears throat> Father, we do need your help um, in every way. And especially now, as we come to hear your word, we pray that we would not only hear it, but that it would take root in our lives and change us from the inside out. That is your specialty, actually changing people like us with your word. And we pray that you would do that now uh, for the sake of your kingdom and in your son's name. Amen. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They're darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt 
through deceitful desires and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So right on the face of it, it's fairly obvious that, um, that Paul thinks that people can change, right? He's, the first part, he's talking about the old way of life, the way the Gentiles lived. The second part, he's talking about the new way of life, and he's encouraging you to kind of make that transition again, right? Uh, admonishing Christians to abandon the old in favor of the new. The Gentiles, the unbelievers, basically, um, Gentiles live this way, don't do that. Uh, instead, live in true righteousness and holiness. It, it implies the possibility of change. Um, on some level. It implies the possibility that we might see change in our lives. But Paul isn't talking about change the way that we usually think about change. It's not like the aircraft carrier getting moved around by that little lifeboat oar. Um, He sets up a contrast between the old and new, but it's such a contrast. It's such a change that he's advocating. It's not it's not just like taking, taking a ship on water and turning and changing direction, however difficult that might be. It's more like the difference between mindless, soulless zombies looking to devour everything in their path, on the one hand, and on the other hand, aid workers who sell all they have to volunteer in uh, some impoverished region to, to advocate for love and justice. Right? That's a night and day change. Right? That's a difference like death and life kind of a change. This isn't a matter of an old dog learning new tricks. We're talking about taking the old dog out back, putting it out of its misery, and, uh, and getting a new dog who's already gone through obedience training. Really, uh, The old man that Paul's talking about, literally the language that he uses there is uh, the old human, the old person, maybe the old type of humanity, the old humanity. The Bible says he can't be changed. He's corrupt. He can't be changed. He can only be killed and discarded. So like like filthy old garments that cannot be mended, being exchanged for clean new garments that will never fade, if we're going to experience true transformation in our lives, we need to put off the old humanity, put it off, and put on the new humanity. So what Paul's talking about. The Christian is someone who does this in a conclusive way, kind of a once-and-for-all type of way, uh, when he or she first connects with Jesus by faith. Come into a relationship with with Jesus where you trust him for your salvation. You trust everything about him is true of you through, through faith, through your union with him. You come into that kind of a connection in a relationship with him, and the Bible calls this regeneration, being made alive to God. You were dead, now you're made alive to God. You're given a new heart. You had a heart of stone. Now it's being replaced with a new living heart of flesh. You had an old spirit. Now you have a new spirit. And it's the Holy Spirit's work, this regeneration that happens to us at the beginning of the Christian life, uh, making us a new creation, a new creation, not just kind of shining and polishing up the old one, an altogether new one. Not just changing the old person, creating an entirely new human. But somehow, uh, even though this has happened decisively for every Christian, every Christian, you put your faith in Christ, you have a relationship with God through him, this is true of you. You've been made new. 
You've been made a new creation by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Even though that's happened decisively for each of us, every Christian needs to engage regularly in a process of casting off the old man and putting on the new humanity. The old nature still clings to us, even though it's dead, even though it's defeated, and it will cling to us every day for the rest of our lives. And I don't know how to explain that. Um, uh, Maybe some some theologians um, better than I can explain that to you, but it's not like there's percentages in your life where, you know, now it's like 50-50, right? Like 50% of you is old, corrupt person, and 50% of you is new, good, holy person. It's not like that. It's not like split personalities. Right? This is some kind of a spiritual reality where you have a, an old nature, an old humanity that plagues you all the time and needs to be actively resisted. And that's, um, and it's, it's, Every day for the rest of our lives, we'll have to participate in our sanctification in this kind of a way, right? We'll have to participate in growing in holiness, turning away from the old and turning toward the new, rejecting the old and the the old self-centered self, rejecting that and embracing the new nature which was made again in God's image. So this is a feature of our repentance. It's our turning away from sin and turning to God that needs to happen all the time. It needs to characterize our lives. Martin Luther famous German theologian um, in the first of his 95 theses, which kind of in some significant way kick-started the Reformation in Europe. Um, The first one, he says, our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, when he said repent, he willed the whole life of believers should be repentance. The whole life. So in this life, on this side of glory, there will never be a day where you can sit back and relax because you've arrived, you've fully put off that old humanity, and you've put it behind you, and you live only in the new. There's not going to be a day like that in your life, not, not this side of glory. Right? Uh, it's, it's a matter for your faith daily to put on the new, the new self. Right? And that can be encouraging to us. If you think about it this way, it can be encouraging because there's a lot of Christians who struggle with the assurance of whether they're actually Christians. I mean, in a real relationship with God, if I still struggle with sin, if I still struggle with that same sin that I've struggled with for years, and I don't feel like I've made much progress, I've always got to fight it. That temptation just won't go away, and I've got to put off the old man here and put on this new. The the fact that that still happens to us after decades, that can be really discouraging if you think that it says something about you, you know, like you're not a real Christian, or um, you don't have real faith, or you don't have a real relationship with God. That's just normal. That's just normal life. Every Christian goes through that. Paul himself writes about it, talks about it a lot. It's like, this is what it means to be a Christian. Now there's a war inside of you. There wasn't one before. Now there's a war. So don't despair over that. Um, just, just engage in it. Right? Repent. Put off the old. Put on the new. So what is that new self? So there's a lot of language in, um, in the paragraph about the mind and about the understanding and about deception and about truth. There's a lot of language in here. The old humanity is characterized by distance from God. It says actually alienated from the life of God. And that distance is, it comes from not knowing him, which is 
a deliberate resistance, it says, on the part of the Gentiles. It's a deliberate resistance due to a predisposition against him, due to hardness of heart. Right? <clears throat> Sinclair Ferguson says this, while unbelievers may affirm that their rejection of the Christian faith is fundamentally a matter of intellectual integrity, Paul stresses that the rebellious disposition of the heart drives and directs the understanding. Right, so at the core of that self-centered self, this self that's living for its own passions, greedy for every kind of impurity, at, at the core of the self-centered self, the old self, is a heart that wants nothing to do with God. The heart wants nothing to do with God, and what the heart wants, the mind makes possible. The mind justifies. The mind builds an illusion to make that possible. Um, In contrast, then, is the new self, the new humanity that is not self-centered. It's ultimately other-centered, right? It's characterized by love. And um, we'll talk a lot more about that next week as we get into really specific uh, facets of uh, the new humanity and, and the love that's supposed to characterize us as Christians. <clears throat> but this new self participates in the life of God rather than being alienated from it because the, the innermost parts, the spirit of the mind, has been renewed with the truth of the gospel, the grace of God, right? the grace of God, the beauty of God, the majesty of God that's seen in Jesus Christ. The new human lives in right relationship with God as a response to God's love. <clears throat> the new human is not deceived, is not in denial about reality, isn't living in an illusion, but lives in the full light of biblical truth and sees reality, sees things the way that they really are uh, in Christ. In Christ. The new humanity isn't some dramatic, sensational way of life. Um, it's just a regular life. We all live it. It's just, but it's utterly different down to the, the core, down to the foundations, because it's a life lived trusting God rather than in suspicion of him. It's a life lived um, loving God rather than despising him or resenting him. Right? And it's not the old humanity that hates God, kind of being turned around. It's not turning over a new leaf, right, or uh, getting a second chance or teaching an old dog new tricks. That's not what's happening It's an entirely new way of being a human, created again after the likeness of God. It's a new vision of the world. It's a new vision of God. It's a new vision of ourselves. It's a new imagination that's shaped by the truth of God's revelation rather than by our own self-serving delusions and self-deceptions. In fact, it's such a radical change um, that it's, it's not just that you are living like a new human. It's that the one true new human is alive in your life. The new human is alive in you. Someone else is alive in you. Galatians 2.20 says, Paul, Paul writes, It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So so in and of yourself, all you have is the old humanity. In and of yourself, that's all you've got. You need to put off 
your old self. That old self is your old self. And you need to put on Jesus Christ himself. <clears throat> he says, Paul, Paul writes in another place in Galatians, that as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. More, more specifically, more explicitly than just becoming a new person or putting on a new humanity, you've put on Christ. And in Romans 13 it says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and sensuality, not in quarreling and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ. The same language. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh, your old self, to gratify its desires. So the only way to stop living like the Gentiles, as Paul Paul's talking about here, uh, to stop living like Oregonians, to stop living like Americans, or whatever flavor of unbeliever is around us. Right? Uh, the only way to stop living for things like money, or possessions, or comforts, or fame, stop living for ourselves, stop manipulating everything and everyone in our lives to serve us. The only way to start truly to serve others and be patient and be kind and be self-controlled is to clothe yourself with the very life, the vitality, the humanity of Jesus Christ. His own life is what you need to put on. So I'm not talking about just imitating him. Like, there he is. He's a great paradigm for us. He's a great pattern. He's a great model. He's a great template. I'm not talking about just imitating him. I'm talking about a spiritual, mystical, in some ways inexplicable reality where his life becomes yours, where you live in it. His humanity is yours, where it's no longer just you living. But like Paul says, Christ living in you. His humanity is the only humanity that truly reflects God's image. His is the only true loving humanity that reflects God's image. It says in Colossians, he is the image of the invisible God. It says in Hebrews, he is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So putting on the new humanity, the life of Christ himself, it's... um, it's a spiritual thing, and it's got to be a deliberate thing. It's not an automatic thing, even for, for Christians, even for people who have been Christians for a long time. This is not automatic. Maybe that's discouraging. Maybe you wish it was. But, uh, but even the most mature Christians have to be delivered about this. It's, it's always a matter for our faith, our imagination, our mind, the spirits of our minds to be renewed. It's deliberate and conscious and active. It's embracing the new life. It's Christ's own life. It's embracing that and putting it on. But when you do, you will taste the freedom from your old self, which in and of yourself is all you've got. Your self-centered self, you'll taste freedom from that. You'll taste the freedom of his humanity. His humanity is free from sin. He's never done it. His humanity is free from sin. It's free for God. It's free to love even the most difficult people to love. 
That's Jesus' humanity. That's his life, which is yours. In him, rather than being alienated from God, from the life of God, you can participate in the very life of the triune God of love. You can participate in that life because Jesus himself does, and you put him on by faith. You put him on as often as you can. You put his own life and his own humanity on with your imagination, with your mind fixing your mind on him and his life. In him, you may really love God as your good father because Jesus does, and his life is yours. In him, you can love even those who don't deserve your love, even those who don't reciprocate your love. Whether that's a family member or a co-worker or a neighbor or whatever, you can really love them because Jesus does. And he lives in you, and you've put him on. And in him... You won't just set aside your own interests, reluctantly serving the interests of others, right? But you'll actually adopt as your own interests the interests of others around you because that's what Jesus does. And he's alive in your life. You put him on, right? In him, you can even pray for the good of your enemies, those who would do you great harm. You can pray for them and you can bless them and serve them and open up your life to them in ways that might appear risky. Right? Uh, you don't have to worry about what others can do to you. You don't have to live defensively. You don't have to live reactively. You don't have to live in self-protection because Jesus himself stands out of the reach of any kind of threat. And his life is yours, and your life is kept safe in him. And his life, his new humanity, it exercises itself in such a love that he even laid down his life for his enemies. And we can do that, not in and of ourselves, but when we put on Christ. When we, when we take his life to ourselves. Outside of him, left to yourself, in your old humanity, there's only living for yourself. In, in pride, in fear, anxiety, insatiable desires living apart from the life of God, which is no way to live. It's, it's death. That's what the Bible says. But, but in Jesus Christ, only in Jesus Christ, you are free to live a new life of love. And I'm telling you, it may be the way of uh, self-denial. It's going to hurt. It's going to be stuff that you're not going to like about it. It may involve the killing of some old version of yourself. But it's worth it. It's a better way. True repentance always is. So you should do it. You should do it. There's no other way to true change on the level that you need. So put off the old self and put on the new humanity of Christ by faith. Amen. Let's pray. Father, our imaginations are um, needing more and more to be shaped by your spirit. We need to know what it is like to envision not to pretend, but to envision and imagine Jesus living in us and through us, his very life clothing us so that we can interact with you and with each other um, as new selves, as new humanity. We have a new humanity freely given to us by your grace, and we want to put it on. We pray for your Spirit's help that you would help us to do that more and more, more frequently, more quickly when we need to. Uh, We always need to. So we pray that this great gift of the life of Jesus Christ that is ours to live 
would be something that we would not just enjoy, but something that we would engage in for the sake of your kingdom and for the, uh, the sake of those around us so that they would also see what kind of salvation is available in Christ, a salvation even from our very selves. You've saved us from ourselves, and now we, we put away that old humanity and we put on Christ by faith. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat>